Well, good morning, Northside family. My name's Nate. Want to welcome you today. And can we welcome everybody online real quick? Just want to say hello to them. Make sure you feel part of this. If you're traveling this weekend or watching this this week, want to welcome you. And man, it is a joy to be together, to kick off the new year together. And I just want to encourage you today. Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe this is your first time to church in your life. One, I want to welcome you and just say how much we are honored that you would be here today. And the good news is we start a new year is this. I'm not going to ask you have a New Year's resolution because there's only like four of you here that do, all right? Uh, Because here's what I found. If you don't make one, you don't have to feel like a failure later on in the year, right? You're like, hey, if you don't make one, you're all right. You don't have to feel guilty. Uh, But the good news is this, whether you've made a New Year's resolution this year or not, the incredible thing about Jesus is this, he is inviting you and I into a journey with him this year. And you may not feel qualified to go on a journey with Jesus. You're like, man, it's my first time here. I don't even believe in Jesus yet, any of that. Even if that's where you are, you need to know this. This is why we are excited. This is why we worship together. We don't worship hoping that 2023 will be a good year. We don't worship hoping that things are going to work out this year. We come together as hopeful people because we have a loving God who has sent his son, Jesus, who came here to redeem us, to save us through the cross. And because of that, he has a journey for you and I to go on. He's saying, I've called you. This is what you see Jesus say over and over again is this, to the prostitute, to the tax collector who had turned his back on his brother and is serving the empire and all these other things. This is what he says. He just simply says these words, follow me. Yeah, but Jesus, where are we going? Mm, I'm glad you asked. Follow me. Well, I know, but what am I supposed to pack on this journey? Right, follow me. And what we find Jesus doing in the scriptures and what we find him doing today in your life and in my life is inviting us into a journey that's bigger than you and I could ever dream of, that's better than you and I could ever plan for our life. But here's the question for you and I today, specifically as we start a new year, will you go on the journey with Jesus this year? Will you begin to make room for him to come on this journey with him? And here's the thing. When you go on a journey, when you do a road trip, right, as a kid, my my dad and I, the first two things that we bought, if we were ever going to go on a road trip to go see some family, actually, it was three things, lemon, lime, Gatorade, beef, jerky, and Funyuns, right? It's like, that was how you started a road trip, right? Some of you are like, that sounds absolutely disgusting. Hey, this is my family I'm talking about here, all right? But here's the thing that we know, when we go on a road trip, when we go on a journey, right, you gotta put some things together. And here's what we wanna invite and encourage you to do this year. As we start on this journey with Jesus in 2023, first thing that you and I have gotta have is we have got to have a Bible this year as we start this. We have got to have the word of God as the centerpiece of our life. The Holy Spirit wrote it through broken people, but through his power, and it is speaking to us today. And I wanna invite you, if you don't have a Bible out in our living room, we've got free Bibles out there. We want you to go grab one, grab one for you, grab one for your mom who's not here, grab one for your brother that like, man, they really need it. Go ahead and grab one for them, all right? It's like, hey, we want you to go on this journey. The second thing that we want you to do as well as we start this journey is this, something that we're going to go through. It's just a study guide to help us to study God's word is a thing called Quest 52. Uh, My good friend, Dr. Mark Moore wrote this and he wrote this to help people. He's been a Bible college professor. He's a teaching pastor out at a church in Arizona, but he wrote this to help people get to know who the real Jesus is. 
See, we don't want to just assume things about Jesus. We don't want the news to just tell us who Jesus is. We want Jesus to tell us who Jesus is. We want Jesus to get the last word. And this is a daily devotion that we want to encourage you to pick up. It's just eight bucks out at the Resource Center. If it's your first time here today, I got to meet a number of people after last service. It was their first time here. We want to give this to you for free in the living room. Just go pick it up, man. But here's the deal. Because we sometimes need a roadmap. How are we going to go on this journey? And what I love about this study about the life of Jesus is this. Today, we're going to be talking about the person of Jesus. Later this year, we're going to begin to talk about the power of Jesus. Then we're going to talk about the preaching of Jesus and then the passion of Jesus. Because if they all didn't start with the same letter, it wouldn't be biblical. No, I'm just joking, right? That's like just the way like our minds work as preachers. But here's the thing. Jesus has more for you and I this year than we could ever dream of. But here's what I know. When you and I go on a journey, it's terrible to go on the journey by ourselves. See, when you go on a road trip, the fun of going on a road trip is the people that you go on the road trip with. This is why we're so big about life groups here. It's because God has said, I've called you into this relationship with me, but I've given you a church family to journey through this with together. My life group and I, we began just to preview the book, to have anticipation about this. All of us have young kids. And here's what we all agreed, and this is what we all talked about together is this. We know that the spiritual temperature in our home is up to us as parents. It's not just that we drop our kids off like we're at the dry cleaners at kids' side and go, make them better, right? And then they come out and you go, send them back, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like, sometimes that's what we think. We, we, we show up to church, you're like, you fix them. And it's like, no, as the church, we partner with you as parents. But we talked about that at our life group this week. It's this, and I love, this is just a terminology, maybe you heard it before, is this, we don't want to be thermometers, we want to be the thermostat. We want to raise the spiritual temperature in our home. One of the biblical calls as being parents is this. It's not that you have to have all the answers. It's this. You have to be willing to create the spiritual environment for your children to know and experience the love of God. That is on us. And Quest 52 is just a way for you to begin to grow on that. What I'm excited about is this. It's super accessible. My, my fifth grade daughter, uh, Lily, she's in 10th grade, uh, each week. So tomorrow, the first day, there's a little three to four page essay on the life of Jesus. And here's what it's going to look like. It's just, this is what it says. This is on page eight. It just kind of says, here's what the days look like. Uh, tomorrow, you'll read a little three to four page essay on the life of Jesus. And, and you'll answer and talk about that. I'm going to talk about that with her every week, because this is what I want to grow in my relationship with her throughout the day. And here's what's great. There's only five days and there's seven days in a week. So we plan on you missing a day. So don't worry, right? We kind of built grace into this. But each day we're just going to open God's word. But what you're going to find is this. There's a flow to this. And if you look at day five, here's what I love about day five. It says this, practice one of the aspects of the incarnation, meaning the presence of Christ in your home by scheduling an evening with your family or friends when you will shut off all screens, phones, computers, TVs, and just be together. Some of you are like, uh, we're going to need the power of Jesus to do that. Right, I know, because here's what we find out is this. This is what I've begun to know and what I've begun to learn a little bit more is this, is that a resolution is not a decision. A resolution is actually a disruption. See, a resolution, what we're saying is this, and you may not say it that way, but when you make a New Year's resolution, what you're really saying is this, here's what I want disrupted in my life. Here are these unhealthy habits that I have going on and I need them to change. You know, oftentimes that's our struggle is this, 
Because if I can be honest, you know what? I don't want to change the way I eat. I like the way I eat. I know it might not be the best for me. You know, and I'm going, I don't want to not work out. So I'm not going to break my rhythm of not working out, right? Like, I just want to keep not working out, right? I don't feel bad about it. But here's what I know is this. I need a resolution in those areas. And this is what we find out in the life of Jesus is this. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, listen what it says. Sometimes we have the wrong picture of Jesus. We think Jesus just kind of showed up and he's like this hippie guy. Hey, peace, everybody. He's got a big old beard, right? And he wears sandals. But listen what it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Jesus' best friend writes this about him. And he says, hey, be clear about this. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Literally, that word destroy means to come and break chains. Here's the kind of the Nate Ross translation. Jesus came off the top rope and landed an elbow on Satan's head through the cross and crushed that fool. Don't quote me on that, right? But here's what it says. Jesus came to destroy. He came to disrupt the ways of Satan. See, this is why we want to start a new year and we want to kick our sinful habits. We want to kick our addiction. We want to start something new. And can I just let you know, the new that you're looking for has come looking for you. See, the new of Jesus is the one who's come to destroy, to break the chains of addiction in our life. This is why oftentimes we, we feel defeated when we start something new. The problem is we don't start with Jesus and what he's come to do to set us free. We start with our power, we fail quickly, and then we're even more afraid and ashamed. See, Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. That's what the cross is all about. He came to disrupt the ways of our life. As America, we had a massive disruption this week at Monday Night Football. I don't know if anybody was watching this game. When DeMar Hamlin got hit and collapsed and literally died on the field for a while before they resuscitated him. I was watching that football game with my family. And I remember my seven-year-old boy Carter sitting right there with me. We were starting to get into football together. This is kind of a bonding moment. And when we saw DeMar go down, Carter looked at me and he said, Dad, did he die? And I said, son, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And we sat there and we watched the team huddle up and pray over DeMar. And we began to talk this week about it. And what you saw was this, death came in and disrupted Monday night football. And what you saw was this, you saw prayer begin to disrupt death this week, didn't you? And what was amazing was this, I don't know if you saw it, but Dan Orlovsky, an ESPN commentator this week, he's also a Christian, he's not just an ESPN commentator, he finally just stopped and he said, I know everybody's going thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, and he goes, I don't want to just say I'm praying for DeMar, I want to pray right now here on the air. And he prayed one of the most beautiful, powerful prayers in the name of Jesus. And here's the deal, you can try to keep God off the airways, turns out you cannot stop the kingdom of God. And this is what we worship, this is what we celebrate, man. But is that your picture of Jesus? That he's come to disrupt your sinful patterns. He's come to disrupt the depression. He's come to disrupt the chains that hold us back. See, he didn't come just to die for sin. He came and he died for sin, but he also came to conquer death. And on Monday night, we saw death on TV and everybody went, this is terrible. And Jesus said, I know that's why I've come so that you don't have to live in fear of death, but I've overcome 
overcome death. And so now you can live in fear of me and in awe of me. And so the rest of your life, you don't need to live in fear of death because Jesus gets the last word when it comes to death. See, this is the joy of the new year. This is the joy of the journey that we're finding a savior who sets us free from our deepest addictions, from our deepest sinful habits and from the thing that every single one of us will face one day, death. See, this is why we need the resolution of Jesus. But here's what we find out when we see the resolution, when we begin to study God's word is this, our resolution is experienced through our rhythms. See, this is why we need to begin to pay attention to God's word. This is why we wanna give you Quest 52 if you're new here, because this, we want you to begin to get in rhythm with Jesus. There is a cadence to following Christ. There is a call, there is a way of life that we live with Jesus. Matter of fact, last night uh, before the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars played, what you saw was this, you saw a new rhythm. Both teams didn't come together to fight each other. Both teams came together, took a knee at 50 yard line and they prayed to start the game, right? This is what we're just going, man, these are just like, these are new, these are new rhythms. These are new ways of life because here's what's happened. Their lives have been disrupted. They've had a disruption in their life. See, sometimes for you, matter of fact, that might be why you're here today because 2022 was the biggest disruption in your life and you're going, I need a new rhythm. And I just wanna let you know today, if your life has been disrupted, matter of fact, this week, literally, our Tuesday was the first day for our staff to be back in the office. We come into the office and guess what? If you drive around the side of the building, you'll find like the side of our building's a wreck. We had a water main break here on Tuesday, man. Had to shut the building down, couldn't, couldn't heat the building, couldn't have bathrooms working. We didn't even know if we could meet this weekend. And we're like, what a start to the new year, right? You know, it's like, oh, and here's what happens. You and I this year, we're going we're gonna to get hit with disruptions. Some of you here, you're in middle school, you're in high school, you're in college. You may go through a relationship breakup and you're going to experience a massive disruption this year. And the question is this, what is your rhythm when you face disruption? Some of you, you may go through job loss this year. There may be different transitions that go on in your life and in your home and in your career. And the question is this, when disruptions come up, what rhythm are you already walking in? See, this is why we've got to pay attention to the rhythms of Jesus as we begin a new year. Jesus says it this way, Matthew 7, verse 24, in his Sermon on the Mount, his greatest sermon he ever preaches. Listen to what he says. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, whoever hears these words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, what Jesus says is this, it's not just enough for us to hear his word, we need to begin to put him into practice. See, it's not just that practice makes perfect. I started golfing, it didn't matter how much I practiced, I feel like I got worse, right? The more I got, now here's why, because especially when it comes to golf or when it comes to anything else, your practice won't matter if you don't know what you're doing. You can practice as much as you want. Here's what I found out, practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. And so it matters what you and I are practicing. And here's the thing, every single one of us in this place, we're practicing something. Every single one of us are turning to something to be our savior. Every single one of us are pursuing something right now in our life. This is why we gotta pay attention to the rhythms and the habits. 
I, I love this quote. I, find it, I found it uh, really amazing. This was a Greek poet and professional soldier from 680 BC. His name is uh, Archelaus from 680 BC. And this quote has lived on. Listen to what it says. He recognized this as a professional soldier. He said, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. What he knew is this, it doesn't matter what your New Year's resolution is, you are gonna fall to your training. He knew as a soldier, we could have the grandest plan, but actually what matters is this, what is my rhythm as a soldier? What is my training? What is my default? What do I come back to? This is why we need to study the person of Jesus. And what we find in Jesus is this. He is a personal savior. He's not just this God who's up on a cloud. He's a God who's come to meet us right where we are. He's a God who walked with the disciples. He's a God who met prostitutes right where they were and began to destroy Satan's work and their life. It was the God who met the man who was blind who was lame, it was God in flesh. What's amazing is this, if you add up the numbers about Jesus, this is why our training in Jesus and walking and going on this journey with Jesus matters so much as this. Jesus had about three, three and a half years with his disciples. And if you average that Jesus spent eight hours a day with his disciples for three years, that's 8,000 hours. Now think about this, right? Some of you are like, boy, if I could have 8,000 hours with Jesus, I'd be a lot better of a follower too, right? You know, here's what we find. Even after 8,000 hours, here's what you find when Jesus is arrested. Jesus has told his disciples, listen, guys, I'm going to go die on the cross for the sins of the world. Here's where I'm going. And when they come to arrest Jesus, Peter stands up after 8,000 hours with Jesus, after Jesus told him over and over again, I'm going to go die to crush and destroy Satan's work. You know what Peter does? They come to arrest Jesus. He pulls his sword out and cuts a dude's ear off. Fail, right? And Jesus goes, come on, man, right? Has to do another miracle right there. He's going to the cross and he takes the guy's ear and he's like, I'm so sorry. He's still in training, right? And he has to put like the ear back on the guy. It's in the Bible, man. Now, here's what, here's, here's what I forget. Here's why we got to start the new year with this. If Peter can spend 8,000 hours with Jesus and still mess up, how in the world do I think I know what I'm doing by myself? See, here, here's what happens, and, and this becomes our default. This is why we got to pay attention that Jesus has called us into this journey with him, not just today, but later today, tonight, tomorrow morning, when we go to school. Thank God school is back in session. That was the longest break of my entire life. And, you know, it's one of those sayings where I'm going, teachers, God bless you. And, you know, one of those sayings. And, and here's what happens. It's not just here, because here, here's our problem. If we think following Jesus only looks like showing up on the weekend, and even if we come to service all four weekends a month that's four hours a month and here's the deal I did the quick math because it's not hard but here's what here's it if you divide 8,000 by four here's what happens you get to 8,000 hours by the time you're 192 years old if that's all the attention you give Jesus now some of y'all are aging well here today the only thing is this I'm doubting you're going to make it to 192 right 
See, the journey that Jesus has us on has us gathering here today to worship, to minister to each other, to encourage each other. I love it, the, the, the discipline that we do. If you need prayer after the service, just stay seated. We have our team and volunteers and people here at the church that have come pray with you right where you are. And I love it. After every service, no matter what's going on in your life, we just have teams meeting you here. But here's the thing. The journey with Jesus is bigger than just the weekend. See, the journey of Jesus is allowing him in to every part of our life, allowing him to disrupt every part of our story, not to hurt us, not to harm us, but to lead us into new life. But in 2023, will you allow Jesus to disrupt your life? Not for the bad, but for the good. Will you allow him in to the places? Matter of fact, our team has put together an assessment. Literally, I know this is dangerous to invite you to, Pull your phone out. Over 500 people in our church have taken this, but it's just a quick assessment over Christ's community calling. If you'd want to take that assessment, we'll send you the link. You can fill it out after the service. Don't do it in the service, all right? But here's what we're going to do. You can just text the word GROW to 81212, and we'll email or we'll text you a link back. And all this is is just an assessment to go, hey, where are you? It's kind of like when you walk into a mall and you see the sign, here's where you are. And here's why. We just want to know where Jesus wants to grow us on our journey. See, every single one of us have a next step to take. Uh, one of my buddies texted me this week. He took the assessment and he texted me. He's like, what is a passing number asking for a friend, right? You know, and, and, and I was like, I, I knew, I knew this was going to be a problem. Some people take that assessment and feel like a failure. That's not why we're having you take it. That's a matter of fact, why we didn't make it out of 100. We made it out of 75 because we knew as soon as you would see whatever out of 100, you either feel like a failure and that's not what it's for. All it is is to show you and I our growth edge. Matter of fact, I took it and here's what, here's what the test, the assessment revealed to me. Here's my growth edge that I need to grow in this year is this. Here's my deal. I, I love people. I love to, to talk with people, but here's, here's my problem that I need to grow that I learned in the assessment is this. Oftentimes, I'm not as quick to share my faith or invite people to church as I should be. That's what the assessment revealed to me. And here's why. I begin to reflect on this. This is, this is why we need Jesus, because every single one of us is broken, is this. Here's what I know. The moment I invite somebody to Jesus, especially if I've just met them, and ask them a, a faith question, invite them to church, here's what the risk becomes. You ready? To be absolutely turned away from them. And so here's my, here's my dilemma. Here's what I've got to grow through. I've got to trust G Jesus even when he calls me to invite somebody to church or he calls me to share my faith, even in the midst of facing the rejection of people. By God's grace, that's the journey he's going to grow me on this year. That he's going to go, Nate, I need you to learn more about me. I, I want to I lead you into a new area. See, here's the thing for every single one of us in this place. Every single one of us has a growth edge that we need to grow into in 2023. The thing is this. Will you allow Jesus to disrupt your life in 2023? Will I allow him to disrupt my life in 2023? That's why the very first week, this is what it's going to talk about. Is God Jesus? Is, is Jesus really your king? Is he the one that's really leading your life? Is he really the one that in those moments that God is calling me to invite somebody? And, and can I just let you know, he already challenged me to do this on Friday. I'm, I'm in this leadership cohort with some leaders across the country. We get together, we learn, we pray together, all this other stuff. And not everybody is a devout follower of Jesus, but we're learning, we're growing together. And on Friday, I had a phone call with one of the guys from the cohort. 
And here's the deal about Dave. Uh, Dave grew up in the church in Chicago where he was at, but at a very young age, he was sexually molested by one of the pastors. And we have to share our life story in this group. I remember the day he shared that story with us, and man, we just, we rallied around him. Here he is as an older man. He's processing that hurt that he's gone through. And over this last year, we began to have more spiritual conversations because he really hasn't known a pastor before since then. Again, that's my fear. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to tell Dave I'm a pastor, right? Like, man, he, he's not going to. And what's incredible is we've just, we've just we've developed a bond. And on Friday, he asked me this. He's, he just said this question. He goes, Nate, how do you know God is at work in your life? We began to talk about that. Then he asked this. He said, what are you looking forward to the most in the new year? I'm like, oh, man, we're doing this all-church study called Quest 52, this and that. And then God put it on my heart. Is what this, I felt like the Lord just told me is this, Nate, will you invite Dave to say, hey, Dave, can I give you this book and can we read through this together? And I was like, oh, crap, here we go, right? Like, like you know, starting the new year, God's already attacking my growth edge, okay. And I just, I did it. I said, Dave, here's what I'm most excited about. Most excited about our church doing Quest 52. It's going to change the spiritual conversations with my daughter. I can't wait for my life group. And then I just said it. I'm like, okay. Um, Dave, at our next meeting, would you be okay if I brought you one of these books for you and your wife, Amanda, and we read through this together this year? <laughs> like, oh, boy. Like, starting the new year in rejection, right? This is not what I want. He paused for a second and went, I would love to read through that book with you. I would love to read through that book with you. And I'm telling you, just like this was the moment for me that I'm just sitting there going, okay, Lord. Like, here's what I found out already. God has a bigger journey for me this year than I could ever dream of for myself. Nate, I want to work through your insecurities. Nate, I want to grow you through the areas that you're not strong in. Nate, you're going to see my power at work. Nate, I want to redeem those who have been hurt by the church. But guess how redemption is going to come into the world? It's going to come into the world through his church. Will you go on the journey with me this year, Nate? Will you step out in faith with me? Will you begin to see my power be enough for you? Nate, will you let me disrupt your life. See, Jesus is the king. He doesn't come to disrupt, to destroy us. He comes to disrupt our life to save us and to lead us into life. And some of you are going, man, I, I need this disruption. I'm not sure where the assessment's one step. And all I want to do is this. Some of you are going, hey, how do I begin this rhythm? How do I begin to walk in this way of Jesus? I know we got Quest 52. I just want to look at one verse and it's how the church practiced the way of Jesus. It's how the church began to walk in a cadence and began to walk in a rhythm together. And it's in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. This week, you're going to dive into, is God Jesus? And it's going to begin to share with you how he is our king. But the question is this, not just that we would hear the word, but that we would practice the word. That's what Jesus says. And some of you are going, what does it look like to practice the word? And in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, there's just this summary in one verse. We're going to look at it today. We're going to look at it next week as well. But what's amazing is this. This just gives a summary of what the church did. Here's how they allowed Jesus to continue to disrupt their life. 
In Acts chapter 9, verse 31, this is what it says. It gives the summary of what was going on in the life of the church. They didn't even have the New Testament yet. They didn't have Quest 52 yet. They didn't have a living room to go to, any of that stuff. They just had each other, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And listen what this one verse says. It says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. I mean, you talk about a, a, like, whoa, tons of commentary in one verse. And I just want to look at three ways as we begin this new year that you and I can begin to practice the disruption of Jesus so that we can begin to grow in him. First thing is this, this is what I notice in this passage is this, they practice the way of Jesus together. That the way of Jesus is you and I experiencing this together. This is why it started by saying this, so the church, that word church is the word ecclesia, it means a called out people. The church is not just a pastor, the church is a people. It's the people of God. Matter of fact, I love it. I just asked the team, put together a little snapshot of just some people who work in the backgrounds here. I, I love it. There's a guy, his name is Andy. He's an un unbelievable business professional, highly touted, smart guy. He's in the left corner. And after the 1130 service, I've not seen him miss a Sunday. And I can't tell you how many years. And here's what Andy does. He puts together all of the communion for everybody. And after that, he comes through here and he cleans the entire auditorium. And here's the thing. Here's this great business executive. And here's what he knows. Serving the church is his call. I love as well, down in the left corner, Greg Pinnock. He's been the head of our parking team for years. I think it's well been over a decade. And you guys see the traffic after the service. We need to pray for Greg, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're like, man, that dude just serves and he gets honked at and yelled at and told that he's number one and, you know, all that other stuff out there in the parking lot, man. And I love Ann Kowicki. She's up in the middle. She's been here since the late 80s, man, just continuing to serve our children and part of our Kid Town Go ministry outreach. I love Love Bob Bales, he's in the bottom right. He's a volunteer, he's an unbelievable guy, but he produced our Christmas Eve service. He literally stood in the back, called all the shots for all the services, gave up his Christmas Eve, and here's why. Because he loves the church. Here's what he knows. He's a better Christian when he practices the ways of Jesus together. Together. See, it's not that we're just trying to get people to sign up for life groups to pad our numbers or God's going to love you more because you're in a life group. No, here's why we want you in a life group, because we want you to experience the power of Jesus. This is why the passage says this. Throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, they had peace and they were being built up. One of my, this is what I know about Relationships. Relationships are rough. I, I learned this uh, when I was about six. My parents had a life group, and I love it because I, I gained like a bunch of spiritual aunts and uncles that would come over to their house. And I remember Steve Leach, uh, he was one of the guys at the church, and I was about six years old, and he said, Nate, do you, do you know this thing? Uh, here's the church, here's the steeple open the doors, here's all the people, right? And I'm like, yeah, man, I, you know, I was six years old, that's so cool. I was like, wow, you know, I wasn't that bright at six, right? You know, whatever, I was like, oh, it's super cool. And, and then I remember, I remember I was at clear as day, six years old, and Steve Lee, she told me this, he, he taught me that, and we're sitting there, he goes, Nate, here's the only, he goes, here's what you need to remember. He said, the only thing wrong with church is the people. That's the only thing wrong with it. I'm like, okay, right? 
<laughs> and then I was like, well, how do you have church? He goes, that's the point. You can't have church without people. Amen. And he said, and here's the deal. This is the power of Christ. See, when it says this in the passage, so that the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace. Here's what we don't know in the context of that passage, because we don't really know what that word Judea and Galilee and Samaria means. But here's what we know in this passage is this. Galilee was super rural. Samaria was, was where all the Samaritans were at. This is why Jesus would use the parable of the Good Samaritan. Here was why. Because the Jews hated the Samaritans. There was racial conflict. There was deep hatred to one another. And you know how racial reconciliation comes about today? Through one person. His name is Jesus Christ. That's what Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22 says. Not only that, between Galilee and Samaria, here's what happens. You find the difference between rich and poor. You find city folk and you find rural folk. You find different religions clashing. How do we come together? It's not by our power. It's not by our ability. It is through us coming together through Jesus. This is why right after that, it says this. That they had peace and being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They didn't try to do this by themselves. They didn't begin to think that they could even do this by themselves. This is what they practiced. They practiced the ways of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. See, when Jesus disrupts your life, he doesn't, doesn't just come in, disrupt your life, and leaves you. When he comes into your life, when he saves you, he gives you his Holy Spirit, his presence, his power. See, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Some of you are like, yeah, that's what I've been looking for. Right. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the disruption you and I need. That's the disruption that the church practiced. Everything they did was through the power of the Holy Spirit. And there was this tension. They walked in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. God, you are my king and you are my comfort. God, I will follow you even when it might mean people reject me because God, you are my comfort more than people liking me. See, this is the power of the Holy Spirit that we need. This is the disruption that God wants to bring into our life. He wants to bring comfort into our life. He wants to bring power into our life. He wants to bring love into our life. But then it ends with this. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. That there was something that began to happen when the church allowed God to interrupt their lives and disrupt their rhythms and they, God gave them their power, here's what began to happen. The church began to multiply. But the church began to tell people about this God who's come to break the chains of addiction, who's come to save them, who's come to break them out of the bondage of sin, who's come to give them a new life, who's come to give them a new way to live. See, the practice of the church and the practice for you and I as we start this year, this journey that Jesus has us on is this, that we practice the way of Jesus by telling others. Here's the thing. Oftentimes, when people disrupt our lives, we're really frustrated by that, aren't we? What if in 2023, when people started coming into our path and people started disrupting us, oh, we're going to be angry for a second. 
But what if we began to see that as an opportunity that God is bringing into our life to tell them about Jesus? One of my favorite stories of 2022 is a man named TJ. Uh, him and his wife, uh, Lee, that they moved here from Pennsylvania in September. I remember meeting them. It was their first weekend here out in the lobby. Sweet couple. And they had their kiddos with them. And uh, TJ was like, man, I, I want to get connected here. I know I'm new. I'm not new to the faith, but I'm new to the church. And I don't have any family. I don't have anybody here with me. I, I, I don't have anything. And uh, I, I just need, and we got him connected. He went up to Men's Challenge with us, got to meet a host of guys. He serves on our health and safety team now. It's incredible. He's joined a men's life group. It's incredible. He's joined in, but he's been going through, you know, whenever you transition someplace new, it's always a tough time. There's always hardship. You don't have anybody to call. You're having to face it alone. And he and I were just kind of texting over Christmas break. Just things were going on in his life. Just texting to encourage him. He was going through some tough stuff. And he wrote this back. And this is what he told me. He said, Nate, you need to understand. I love our church and the people in it. I have felt welcomed from day one. And then he said this, to be honest, the church is the only thing that makes me feel at home. It's the only thing. In the midst of all the uncertainty, in the midst of all the disruption, what he found was this. There was this gift of God. And what he found was this. He had brothers and sisters here in this church family who were willing to go on the journey with him. In 2023, will you and I make room for God to begin to do his disruptive, holy work in our life. Disrupting the sinful patterns of our life. Calling us into holy community with one another. Pursuing God. Not being thermometers, but being the thermostat of the spiritual temperature of our home. Stepping out when we're facing rejection, but doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit and pointing people that may seem like a disruption, but actually it's an opportunity. May this year be a year where we see God do what only he can do in your life and in mine. Let me pray for his Father. We just stopped to say thank you. Thank you that you were willing to send Jesus. Thank you that you were willing to come after us. Thank you that you were willing to come do the hard work of destroying the sinful patterns, destroying the hurt that has happened in our life, destroying the hurt that we've done to others through your work on the cross. Father, for those who are here today or maybe listening online that, God, this whole journey is a new concept. Father, today, would they just be surrounded by your love? Would they be surrounded by people here who, God, they would know our forum? Even if they don't know you, Father, you know them and you love them and you have an incredible redemptive journey for them to go on. And, Lord, today, God, we all have a growth edge. We all have an area that your Holy Spirit wants to disrupt this year. Father, we ask and we pray by your power and your grace that we would open our hearts and lives to you so that you could do your work, your good and holy work in our life this year. Father, we pray all of this in your name. And everybody said together, amen. amen. Hey, if you don't have a book, make sure you pick one up out in the lobby for eight bucks. If you need prayer, stay seated. We'll come pray for you today.